Welcome back to the third edition of The Lad from Matthew Hart and Sam Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Holcomb. Frank Lampard's Chelsea side running up Champions League group stage with a one-to-one draw at Stamford Bridge versus Krasnodar, topping Group E and giving Academy graduates debuts to the number. The Blues await their opponent in the round of 16 with the upcoming draw occurring this Monday, December the 14th. But real quick, before the draw, Frank Lampard's side now prepares for what's sure to be a difficult fixture at Goodison Park versus ninth place Everton on the weekend. I'm so excited to welcome on to the podcast, fellow soccer Twitter enthusiast and passionate Chelsea supporter, my guy, Dami. Thanks for joining. How's everything, mate? Big man, what's he saying now? Listen, your boy is always coming about stepping correct. It's a nice one to be on here, you know. My hit me up, I was like, you know what? Let's bust onto the scene, stepping correct as per usual. Thank you for having me on here, man. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Once again, thank you for joining the podcast, Dami. Before we dive into the Everton fixture, though, I want to talk a little bit about your Twitter account because you never fail to produce great content along with laughs for soccer fans. Whether that's mimicking Roman Abramovich's Nigerian secretary or your impressions of Premier League managers, what inspired you to start producing videos? But also, how has your creativity sparked interest among so many Chelsea fans on Twitter? Fam, I can't lie to you. I'm not like naturally, I'm a clown. That's what I am. Like, my mates call me a clown, and that's just how I've always been. I've always made people laugh. A lot of people ask me how I come up with all those things. Abramovich's secretary, honestly speaking, a lot of people feel like I script. I don't write scripts for anything I do. I literally just put on the costume. I know what I'm going to talk about and it just happens. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to maybe, maybe like the manager things have to be a bit scripted because there's a bit more editing. But when it comes to stuff like Roman secretary, I remember the day I started it for the first time was where Messi, like, you know, when Messi was meant to be moving about, I was like, you what's going to, what, what's going to set the world on fire? And I was like, you I think we can just take the mick out of a primary secretary in it. So my steps correct came with the, uh, the accent that everybody seems to like. And then that was the end. So other than that, we did the other videos, but now, nah, man, I don't know. I don't know, man. I genuinely do not know. It all just comes to my head. My head is a weird place sometimes. That's why I have trouble sleeping, but it is what it is. Well, I think everyone can testify, Chelsea fans, that we love your content so much. Always give us so much to laugh about. And it's not just your accents or what you dress up as, but it's just the content and how you mimic these guys. It's just great. I mean, the Arteta with the hair the other day, the Jose with his talking about how he needs to be cunts when he plays the football game. I mean, it, <laughs> your content is just amazing. I mean, every time you put out a video, I, I seem to laugh and I'm sure all the other Chelsea fans do. And you talked about how you just kind of go, you put on the costume and you just press record. And I think that's so awesome. But also it's so important nowadays to stand out among Chelsea Twitter. And it was cool to talk to Daniel a couple of days ago because he was kind of one of the first people on YouTube that made Chelsea content. But now there's so many people on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram. So it's really what makes you stand out nowadays because there's so many Twitter accounts out there for Chelsea and people can come back to you knowing that they're going to get whatever every single time. They're going to know that they can get Roman Abramovich's Nigerian secretary and have a laugh. And I think that's really important nowadays because, like I said, there's so many Chelsea Twitter accounts. Let's talk about Frank Lampard, though, Dami. Frank Lampard's tricky blues are on an absolute tear right now, form-wise. Unbeaten in their last 14 fixtures in all competitions and not having lost in the Premier League since the end of September. In my first episodes of the pod, I was lucky enough to talk with two of the best content creators in the Chelsea media world, one being Daniel Childs, otherwise known as Son at Chelsea. 
and Elizabeth Helenek over the past week, and both of them echoed their belief on what's been most important for Frank Lampard to improve his side in such short notice from last campaign. And that was a stable back five, now in his back pocket. Mm. Who's impressed you the most in Chelsea's reinvigorated back five so far this season? I mean, it's tough to pick one, but in your opinion, who's impressed you the most? It's not, I mean, for people, a lot of people think it's difficult, but for me personally, I don't think it's difficult at all. Mr. Mendy, Edward Mendy, majestical Mendy, as they'd say on Twitter.com. But obviously, you've got Mendy in there. And like a lot of people might feel, yo, Thiago Silva is making a big difference. He is definitely, when he steps into that back line, he's making sure people are stepping correctly. Nobody is putting any foot wrong. But Kepa tax was real. Do you know what I'm saying? Man used to concede a goal every two shots on target. That's ridiculous. Then you go from that, yeah, and you go to a goalkeeper that has what? Nine, what is it? 13 games, and then you now got nine clean sheets, and then three goals considered something ridiculous. It's a bombastical upgrade, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not a mess about upgrading any way, shape, or form. So, for me, it has to be Mendy because this man is making the likes of Rudiger, Christensen, and Emerson look more competent. That is shocking. I mean, like I said, whenever you play with Kepa on the same pitch, you look 50% worse defensively just by how Kepa is. And this is not a Kepa slander session, it's just a statistical breakdown at the end of the day. But for me, Majestico Mendy, lovely man, you know, Mr. Tickles, as some of the people would say, fantastic guy. But yeah, it has to be Mendy for me. That's just, uh, that's what I feel has made the most impact in this uh, backline. I mean, Thiago Silva has done quite a bit of stuff himself, but I have to give it to Mendy because like in one of my videos, I rightfully said, I didn't know who Mendy was. I just said, you know what, new goalkeeper, better than Kepa, will take him for two seasons, get someone new, but he's proven to be someone that's going to be here for quite a bit of time. I could testify also to, like, I didn't know who the heck this guy was. I think it was Nazar no Kinsala maybe one day put out that Chelsea were inquiring about him. And then I saw he was from Rennes, and I was like, okay, there's a Petr Cech tie, of course, there. They've probably been scouting for, I don't know, two or three years. Then I go on YouTube, and I see this, this guy making absolute crazy saves with his wingspan. You mentioned he has five clean sheets in the Premier League this season so far. I think he's just given confidence to that back line, which wasn't there last year. Because when you turn on the TV as a Chelsea fan last season, we were expecting one, two, three goals to go in for the other team to the back of the net. And we knew that we had to score two or three goals to even win or even get a draw uh, in a game last season. So I feel like the confidence aspect of things is so important to give yeah, that very. back line. And now since we have a stable back five, last season, I mean, we were putting out every single combination in the book, center back wise, even left back and right back wise. It just didn't work out for Frank Lampard. And somehow, I mean, we got top four, which is the most important thing for us last season. But now Frank Lampard has that stable back five that he can rely on. I think that's the big word, reliance. He can trust Yago yeah. Silva. And he can trust exactly. that Edward Mendy will make the saves that he has to make. I think that's been so important for Chelsea so far this season. But let's dive into the fixture this weekend with Everton now, Dami. Frank Lampard faces one of his mentors in Carlo Ancelotti at Goodison Park, getting the best of him. Last time the two managers met this past March, a game that I was actually lucky enough to go to, my family and I, and it's definitely a weekend I'll mm. never forget. 4-0 drubbing, Billy Gilmore's Premier League debut, Mason mm. Mount with a great goal, Olivier Giroud coming up against the Matthew Harden stand and celebrating. I mean, it was a weekend I'll never forget. But Everton, they were a side who won their first four Premier League games, but now have had some struggles recently, only winning one game in their previous six. Obviously, mm. though, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he's having a fantastic season. He currently leads the league in goals with 11. Who are you looking forward to seeing and specifically Chelsea's midfield this weekend to try to shut down Everton on the counterattack because Ancelotti's side this season has been so deadly without possession and catching defenses off guard? 
I mean, when it comes to that midfield discussion, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, ideally you'd think it's your classic midfield of Messi, Mount, Kante and Kai Havertz, but with Kai Havertz having to end up playing on the wing simply because we don't have enough fit wingers. I don't know why these men keep tearing their hamstrings, but it is what it is. You've got like Hakim Ziyech messing up his, you've got Kalam Otunodoy messing up his as well. Pulisic, we're not too sure how the scale as well, so we are limited for wingers. So I think what's going to end up happening, and um, maybe I may be wrong, because I mean, I'm no, I'm no ITK, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I think we're going to have like a Kante, we're going to have Mason Mount, Kovacic, and we're going to have like a Kai Havertz playing on the right wing. That's what I'm thinking. If Lampard is going to be a bit more ballsy, then he could probably end up putting Giroud down the middle, Werner on the left, Pulisic on the right, allow them to sort of feed off Giroud. I'm not too sure how he's going to line up with this one, because like I said, he don't have no back line. You know what I mean? He doesn't have a back line. So, but now to answer your question properly, midfield at back count. I mean, Mount the classic midfield, either the classic midfield or coverage, because recently cover has been phenomenal. So I can take anyone. That's the benefit of having a squad that's this good depth-wise. So yeah, man, I take anyone really. I must be honest. And if Havertz does indeed go out to the right wing, which I think he might this weekend due to the injuries of Kalmutsundor and Hakim Ziyech, I think Mateo Kovic is going to be so important. He played, I think, a really good game. I think he played a really good game against Krasnodar uh, during midweek. And then, of course, he played pretty well against Tondam two matches ago now. But Mateo Kovacic, he's been so valuable for Chelsea these past two seasons. He showed that winning the player of the season last year. And he's so good because he can make those attack and runs. He's not that good in the box, but he can make those attack and runs to set up players like Werner, like Giroud, like he did the past couple of games against Sevilla, against the likes of Leeds United. Kovacic can defend also too, which is so important, which is why I think that even when Ziyech and uh, Hudson Dory come back, I don't know if Havertz is a plug and play in that spot because Kovacic has been so valuable to the team. That's nice to know because we're going to be playing so many games that we're going to be able to switch those two players out back and forth. So January transfer window is upcoming. Chelsea might need to improve in depth in one position. Fakal Tamori is probably going to go out on loan, uh, sadly. We need to improve at that position. Yeah. If anything happens to a monster, we are dusted. Do you understand? Dusted. Yeah. We need to. Finished. We just pack up our bags. Arrivederci. We leave. That's how it is. Literally, there's no, there's no alternatives to Thiago Silva because once again, apart from being a key element defensively, he's very important at progressing the ball because now Chelsea doesn't progress through the DM anymore. We either progress through Rhys James, one of the fullbacks, okay, or we try and get Mason dropping in to align with like Thiago Silva so the ball can be progressed. We are going to be lacking that element without Thiago Silva. His passing range is really good. Okay, like he's really, really good at it. It's something we've definitely missed. And I think it's something that Lampard missed in his first season at Chelsea as well. So taking him out not only limits us defensively, he's also going to be make playing out from the back so much more difficult. So we definitely need a centre-back. I don't know if we can cop something that is good enough in January because I'm quite sceptical about signing defenders in January since you're just throwing them straight into the back line and it can be just can be iffy. Do you know what I'm saying? It can be a bit of a mess about. So I'm not too sure about that on its front. But overall, yeah, man, I do definitely think we need someone like sooner rather than later. Do you know what I mean? As particular, I can put in a shift, but it's not the same. We need a centre-back that can go in there and command what's going on and can actually play out from the back. So a lot of people keep mentioning Basmati Rice, but let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Let's see what happens. I think that's why So has been so great to this team because he is the centerpiece of that back line. But now he's starting to mold Zuma into that guy. So when Thiago Silva's out the door at the bridge, Zuma's going to be the main man 
in that center back partnership with whoever he ends up being with in the next couple of years. I think that Chelsea might need to invest some big money in some center backs because the thing is, Thiago Silva is what, 35, 36 years old. He can go down easily. Yeah. He's 36 years old. He can go down easily. And we're left with this. I mean, no disrespect to Rudiger and Christensen, but they're just, I mean, they're just not good for a Premier League title aspirations of a team. So definitely not meant to start every game. Definitely. Exactly. Exactly. So who are some of the guys that you're looking at that are kind of medium price center backs, as you may call it, or do you think Chelsea need to go out and spend some big money, even though they don't know that Thiago Silva is going to get hurt, of course, but do you think they still go out and spend some big money this upcoming transfer window? I don't know what the transfer window plan is. You know, it's a bit of a shame. Not because, like, it's it's kind of unclear. You know what I'm saying? Because we've still got quite a few people in some certain places. Things like midfield, I, I can bet you my life that if we could have got rid of, like, Jorginho or something during that summer period, someone like Declan Rice is coming in. You know what I mean? If we could have gotten rid of Rudiger and maybe tomorrow on loan, somebody else is coming in as well. Same thing with left back. So it really depends on who we can push out during that January period. I'm not too sure what Lampard is. I mean, I believe he's trying to get another left back, okay? Maybe like someone, an understudy to chill of some sort. Maybe recall Ian Martin. I don't know what that's all about. But for centre-back, I've been seeing around him in their shouts. You know, I'm coming from, I've been seeing quite a lot of those on the TL. Not too sure if Chelsea are going to want to go for that sort of player during this time, especially considering Thiago Silva's age. But that'd be like a solid shout. Basmati Rice, Mr. Declan Rice. I keep seeing his name scattered around the place. Everybody's creaming themselves over that man. You know, one can off, getting excited. But what can I say? Like, that's what a lot of the Chelsea community are looking for. Am I happy with that as a signing? Once again, I was wrong on Ben Chiwell. So that's Lampard one up on me in it. So... Let man have what he wants. Do you know what I mean? Declanice can play as a DM, can play as a centre-back. I don't think he steps in and replaces Thiago Silva because one thing a lot of people tend to forget, Thiago Silva is one of the best centre-backs of our generation. You know what I'm saying? When John Terry was playing, he was phenomenal. Thiago Silva was better than that. Do you know what I'm coming from? Let's keep, just to keep an idea of what sort of player we have. Like this man played in the Champions League and was the best centre-back against, who did who was, was it Liverpool last year? I can't remember. Bayern Munich, yeah, against Bayern Munich last year. This man was the best centre-back on the pitch. At age, big old 36, yo. That's mental. You know what I'm saying? So, nah, 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 nah. It's going to be hard to get sort of like a replacement during the January period, but I don't know. I look, I mean, Declarice is one of those things that my head right now is quite clogged up because I know the club are going to sign Declarice. Except something drastic happens. That's definitely set in stone right now. So, I'm not going to be like, that's my lazy answer. Giving him in there sounds like a good shout can't really think of anyone off the top of my head right now, but those two seem like a good shot. Whatever can put them off in January, though, is another thing. So, mm. For outgoing transfers, too, I mean, you have to expect some people to maybe be outgoing, the likes of Marcus Alonso and Tony Rudiger. Tomorrow, he's definitely going on loan now. I, I feel bad for the kid because he's not getting minutes after rejecting a loan to West Ham, but hopefully he can get those minutes somewhere from January on. I want to bring up David Alaba, though, because you mentioned left back and you mentioned center backs. This man, David Alaba, he can play both positions, which is so great about him. He can even play in the midfield, too, I think. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because it it sounds like he might want out of Bayern Munich. They're in contract negotiations right now. But that's the guy that you can probably get under 40 million pounds. So I think that's the yeah. guy that I'm most wanting to look at right now for a guy that can fill in those roles. What are your thoughts on David Alaba? 
Now, I don't know if you with David Alaba, is, I backed that. And that's the thing, I forgot that one. No, my man is, I'm so tired. <laughs> I forgot about that one, didn't it? So, David Alaba is definitely something I'd back. If Chelsea Football Club said, yo, let's go sign David Alaba. Woo! Damn, son, I'm saying, nah, 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 dog, that is, that is something else. You know what I mean? If you could go out and sign David Alaba as like an option to have a left back, an option to have a DM, to have an option as centre back, to maybe pair with Thiago Silva sometimes. David Alaba is a decent centre back. You know what I mean? He's a good player. So I remember there was a time where everybody and their grandmother wanted this man. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, man, I'd back a David Alaba, especially if you could easily just cop him at this point in time. So yeah, that's one I forgot about. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. David Alaba, he can fill those roles left back and center back. And I think it's be, it's going to be so great if we can somehow pull off that coup. But I mean, there's going to be other teams that want him because he's such a world-class player still. He's still in his early 30s, I believe, or maybe not even 30 yet. So he's a great player. Of course, he plays on Bayern Munich, who are the team that no one wants to play right now. But let's get into the Everton starting 11. You brought up a little bit about how Kai Havertz might be pushed out to the win for this game due to the lack of depth due to injuries right now for Chelsea. Who do you see starting on Saturday? I'm not a big fan of predicting starting 11s, but since this week I wanted to because there's lack of depth at the right wing position. I want my fans to hear what you have to say on that position and other positions this weekend. Ooh, okay. We bust into the team Kepa if the Balaga and go. I'm joking. I'm joking. We're not playing Kepa and go. That's a violation. So obviously, Mendy's going to start and go as per usual. Then you've got Ben Chua, Reese James on both flanks. And then, I mean, basically the same back five, more or less the same midfield. Kante and Mount are guaranteed. I think it would be criminal to not play Giroud, genuinely. This man has scored in every game we've played the last two games, is not He came on and absolutely dismantled. He bent Sevilla over. Do you know what I'm saying? He just dealt them. He done them real dirty there. He come on against, uh, not come on, he started against Leeds. He didn't put in the performance, got his goal. So I believe he's starting now. The issue, pro- trouble areas right now, uh, that RCM spot, that left wing spot and the right wing spot. Is Lampard going to risk Pulisic? I do not know. Is he going to play Christian? I'm not too sure. Do you know what I mean? Tammy should not be starting this game. Not because I don't like Tammy. I've been backing Tammy and I've also said that I feel like people should put the same amount of blame on Tammy as Werner because... They've been both missed the crap ton of chances recently. So as far as that start, that's see, that's why I hate lineups as well. Do you know what I'm saying? I don't like putting lineups because it's one of those things where you mean, oh my god, you don't know anything, you don't know football, rah, 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 rah. And I'm like, yo, I'm just, I mean, I'm not Lampard. Lampard makes the final choice. But what I'm thinking is probably going to happen is don't be shocked to see Werner on the left wing and Havertz on the right wing. And then you've got Kovacic playing as that RCM in that RCM position. And if that's not happening, all you need to do is swap around Kovacic for Christian Pulisic and put Pulisic onto the right wing. But is he going to risk him? I don't know. It was interesting to see Frank Lampard's press conference today because he said that Pulisic had a little bit of a niggle. And I don't know what that was all about, but he didn't start against Krasnodar, which I thought he would have. Maybe that's a symbol for what's to come this weekend. All of us American fans want him to play this week on the left-hand side. And in my opinion, I think since Timo Werner has had so many opportunities these past couple games, and he hasn't been able to pull into the back of the net, I think Frank Lampard needs to say, okay, we want to hit Everton with pace in this game. I'm going to put Timo Werner up top. We're going to put Christian Pulisic on the left-hand side. And then I think Kai Havertz can play pretty well on that right-hand side again. And then Mateo Kovacic, I think, is the key 
to winning this game for Chelsea. Same back line for me as you. But what's your key to win this game? Because it's going to be such a hard game to win because we haven't won at Goodison Park the past three times we've gone there. It just seems to always be a place where we can't play good football. The fans are back there too in Liverpool this weekend. What player or is it a Frank Lampard tactic to win this game this weekend? I think the thing is, like, like you should against Tottenham, like you should against Sevilla. I think he's going to go down and play his football. Do you know what I'm saying? We're not going to go down and bend over for Everton and Carl Ancelotti. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to do any of that. We're not circle jerking bastards. That's not what we do at Chelsea Football Club. We're out there to try and kill people off. That's what we do. When we look at those situation, I'm thinking, you know, because like you said, it's the same thought process I had against Leeds. Leeds play really high line. So I was expecting him to play Werner down the middle. But then he came on, I was like, yo, Drew, go ahead and play. So I'm in one, I'm in a position where I'm like, yo, you can't, you can't track this man's moves. Do you know what I'm saying? You can't, it's like he's walking without footsteps. I can't, I don't know where to, I don't know how to follow him. Literally, that's what things are like at the moment. So I'm not too sure. As far as beating Wolves is concerned, we need to be calm and composed. Chelsea in the last, like I've said, against Sheffield United, that first 10 minutes was shambolic. They pressed us out of oblivion and they played us off the park. Chelsea sort of rebuttaled and came back. Fantastic. Leeds, they balled us in that first half. They absolutely balled us in that first half. So as long as we can keep our shit together and keep the ball together, like you said, Kovacic is really, really good and press resistant. That's something that Kovacic does phenomenally well. He doesn't really score too much, doesn't assist too much, but very good at controlling the ball in the half spaces. And no, I wouldn't say controlling tempo per se, but he can have an effect, like an effect on how the he can have an effect on how the game turns out just because of just because of his style of play. Yeah, just because of how huh? just because of how he plays, basically. So, yeah, coverage is going to be quite important in this game. And, yeah, I think we're just going to go down and play our football, really. I think we're not going to change too much because, like you said, we haven't beaten them in quite a while. I think the last time we beat them was... I can't remember, you know. Was it when um, Conte and Pedro scoring that 60th-minute banger that we scored? For? I think that was last time. Yeah, it was the 3 0 victory back in mm. uh, 2015... No, 2016-17. Conte time. was here. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the last time we beat them. So... I mean, I believe we should yeah. be able to beat Don Carl. I mean, I lock our Charlotte because I have a special place in my heart. I mean, Roman was ruthless to that man. Absolutely ruthless. But the game is the game. Do you know what I'm saying? And the game has shifted. But yeah, man. I mean, I'm just thinking we're going to go out there and play our football and it should be enough. I mean, we've got the firepower. They are in the bottom six teams. I mean, top 16 for conceding the most goals. Chelsea have conceded the second fewest and scored one of the most. So it sounds like a recipe for, for success if you're a Blues fan. Coach, it's being the one who actually scored the only goal at Goodison Park last season in that terrible game, mm. that 3-1 defeat against the Blues. But this is a different Chelsea side this season. I've been saying it all year. We're different this year. We're built different. We're we have built a different, different like team. We are, we are built different, and we are just a better side than Everton. And I think if we just go there and we've been playing, we play like we have been the past God knows how long we will get the W today. We might concede a goal or two because Calvert Lewin has been so on fire, but I still think that Chelsea get the win because of the sheer pace of the team. And I think that it's going to be a game where Kai Havertz finally settles into the Premier League. I mean, it's been so hard for him too because he had COVID nineteen, and we just found out recently how bad his symptoms were. So he's he. I hope that he starts because I want him to get back into the field of the game. So. 
I hope in that Chelsea go in there and just play their football, play the 4-3-3 like they have in the past two months and get the W, hopefully. Thank you, Dami, uh, for, once again for coming to the podcast. Can you promote your social media, uh, Twitter handles, and their content that you do for SW6 before we wrap it up real quick? Nice, calm. You know where to see. It's just the grand dam. We're not going to do too much plugging on there. I came on for entertainment, having a fantastic conversation. You know, my guy coming with the facts, speaking good and all that. Good thing is going on this podcast. Best believe... We'll be doing some stuff later in the future as well. But nah, thank you for having me on. Fantastic conversation as per usual. Not as per usual, first time. Ignore my uh, French. But yeah, first time. But nah, just, you know, the grand dam. That's all it is really. Nowhere to find. Every Chelsea fan, I'm pouring you right now. When you're listening to this podcast, stop this right now and go follow this man on Twitter. He's one of the best out there. Make sure to go follow at Lad from Matthew Harden Podcast, the new Instagram that we have. I really appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter as always at Shane Holcomb13 and at Shane underscore Holcomb on Instagram. RTs are appreciated for our podcast. Make sure to subscribe on Spotify. Stay safe, everyone. And up the chills.